Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in and pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining me today is Crofton Steers, because Jocelyn is at BlizzCon. Crofton, how's it going? Howdy, partner. Indeed. It's going well. Yeah, you sound like you've been playing a game with cowboys in it. I have, indeed. How long are you um, going to keep that up, by the way? Just the whole show, or...? No, I've quit already, oh. so how, how? what was that, like five seconds? That was not five, that was like maybe ten seconds, I guess. We'll give you that. So here, here's the thing. I often wonder about guest hosts. Like okay. when, when, when people are tuning into the gamers in, they they're tuning in for you and Jocelyn. Like there's a lot of gaming shows out there. So if they're choosing to listen to the show, they want to hear your dulcet tones and opinions, if you will. Sure. And and uh, so I wonder. I do wonder. If like somebody you know downloads an episode of the Gamers Inn, starts listening to it, and it's like, oh, it's a guest host again. Oh, geez, you know. And then unsubscribe or or whatever, whatever the equivalent of hanging up the phone is, turning it off. Sure, I um I would think, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold it against anybody, but I would think there's got to be a couple people who decide to to uh to hit pause and and think do i do i want to listen to this but at the end of the day the gamers in is is about is about yeah it's about joss and i talking about video games <laughs> but occasionally one of us has to step away uh and this is nothing new for the last i think five to maybe even six years jocelyn's been going to blizzcon so if if people are listening to this and surprised to hear jocelyn's not here it, she's at blizzcon happens every year everyone just Hold on to your virtual ticket very strongly and just stay calm, breathe. It's all going to be okay. Jocelyn will be back next week. And then she's gone again for a week. But, you know, we don't have to think about that right now. We can just focus on uh, Crofton and I talking about video games. And Crofton, you're selling yourself short because... Yeah, it's true. If you're going to get a guest host, you you know, you've got to go with the best. I, I mean, you were my third choice. Uh... Yeah, no, I understand that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but But to be fair... But to be fair, I do have some ins here. Look, I'm going to give you a little a little oh. I- insight, if you will, into to the BlizzCon happenings. Okay. So as as you know, I do uh, the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast with mm-hmm. Bo uh, Schwartz, who is also part of the core podcast. And he is very excited this year because he's uh, considered media, because Ooh. I guess they haven't really met him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but he so he's – as media uh-huh. – um, he gets uh, his own. I guess he gets his own room and all this sort of stuff at BlizzCon. Wait, like they the paid for room. his room. Yeah. Yep. So Whoa. they paid for his his room, and so he just sent me a video. Uh, I got uh, it where he's like, uh, obviously very excited to a be at BlizzCon, but mm-hmm. b also give the kind of tour of his room, and uh, he 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 leans out the window so that you can see sort of the the walkway to the conference center and the Hilton, I guess is very close to the, the conference center. And you see the big, big BlizzCon sign in front. And he tells Mike and I, who he sent the video to that, uh, that nobody else is there yet. So that's why he's spending his time sending us videos and not ignoring us for the BlizzCon shenanigans. Yeah. But, uh, but then I said, Oh yeah, Bo, thanks for the, thanks for the videos and all this. And he says, Oh, uh, I just, I've just ran into Jocelyn and she gave me the best hug. So there you go. There you go. That's Bo nice. And Jocelyn. It's almost met. like Bo and Jocelyn are here. It's but true. Not really. 
true. They're they're in a better place, figuratively and literally. BlizzCon, uh, and you know it, it is interesting. I also have inside uh, an inside scoop. According to Twitter, it's not really an inside scoop if it's on Twitter because everyone, <laughs> everyone's seen it. But both Bo and Scott Johnson have taken a nap. And you can expect oh. more of that insight later in the show when we go into our predictions. Obviously, we don't have to predict that Bo would take a nap. I think that was in the cards, um, at, you know, based on our conversations and looking at the uh, the, the Rolodex, the spreadsheet of, of everything that could or could not happen at BlizzCon. And I think Bo taking a nap was on there, correct, Crofton? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Actually, there's one other thing that's on there I will oh. disclose on this show right now. I have told Bo and... and listeners of all shows may be aware of this that Bo and Scott and John Jagger are doing a, a some sort of live They're version live of core, core. Yeah. and uh, I've told Bo that mm-hmm. if he finds a way to name drop me on that live core episode Ooh. that I, I will buy him a meal so we will uh, we will see if he's up to the challenge he's like how am I going to find a way to do that I'm like I don't know you must not want that meal uh, so uh, <laughs> well you don't so, play enough heroes with him I I I used to be able to. Uh, I, I don't want this to turn into let's talk about everybody who went to BlizzCon, Blah. but like, I don't even. I, I I don't even play heroes anymore with Bo. Like, have you played heroes? How are you going to get him to mention you? It is a hero I don't show. Know. It's his. It's his challenge. Every week on Good, Bad, or Bull, we draw a random topic and have to find ways to talk about it. I mean, he's got to find a way to to name drop me. Maybe he can predict that I'll be the new character. A hero unveiled in Heroes of the Storm. You know, that yeah. would be a good one. Just some random Canadian is the new hero <laughs> in Heroes of the Storm. Uh, well, uh, we'll return to BlizzCon in a moment, but I do want to thank everybody for uh, supporting Extra Life, for tuning in on October 27th when I did my, my stream. I ended up streaming for 18 hours. It's it's weird to think that that was only last sat- only this past Saturday, and I've talked about it on many shows on twitter i'm I'm actually kind of feeling this this weirdness after extra life where you're kind of like that was a whole lot of work it's over (sighs) heavy sigh but it's not over yet because we've decided to kind of split our extra lives over multiple weekends so we were able to raise over fifteen hundred dollars for children's miracle network hospitals around the world i personally was able to raise 800 in in that weekend uh, we're still going strong. We want to raise two thousand as a, as a team. Uh, I still have to hit my goal of a thousand. You can go to bit.ly/tgiextralife2018 to donate. We have some some game day streaming going on this weekend as our team members Servotech and uh, I, be- I believe it's Jason and uh, let me pull it up. I promised I would mention it on the show because this is happening this weekend. Servotech and New Boy are going to be doing a co-op stream on November 3rd for game day, so during BlizzCon, and they've got such games as Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light, Overcooked 2, Gauntlet, as well as Brawlhalla with one of the game devs. So they're going to be doing some great co-op gaming throughout the day on November 3rd, so certainly check that out. And I know there are a couple other team members who are going to be playing uh, over the next week, including Jocelyn. When she gets back from BlizzCon, she is going to be preparing for her stream on November 10th, and I'm going to jump in for some of that as well. So still lots of gaming to be had. Extra Life is still a strong thing. Go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. Now, Crofton, speaking of Extra Life, I wanted to quickly just kind of give a a shout-out to Resident Evil 7. 
as a game that I played during Extra Life thanks to um, some lovely donations that came in from the community and, and Zombies Ate My Podcast fans. That's a scary game, man. Um, I know you're not too keen on the scary games per se. Uh, is it scary and fun or just scary? Uh... It's it's um it's spooky and and fun at moments, but like it's it's hard to say. Like it's not like a Mario Odyssey fun, but it's a rewarding fun in that you're progressing and solving puzzles and exploring a mansion. So in the sense that, or not a mansion, but an area. In the sense that Gone Home was a fun game, I think Resident Evil Seven is also fun. But it's like Gone Home with. You got some guns and a knife and like weird mud zombies are chasing you. Um, so see, the thing is, is that the Resident Evil series it split a eh? after kind of Resident Evil Four. They had had the the tank control Resident Evils before that. Resident Evil Four um, led the series in a more actiony direction, but but hit that sweet spot of also being scary. But the one thing I remember the most about Resident Evil 4 is, man, that game is damn fun to play. Like, it just feels good or felt good. Uh, in, in It was still scary and all that, but it was like an enjoyable play at the same time. But when I, all the things, and I haven't played Resident Evil 7, but everything I've seen makes it seem like it leans heavy into the horror, but not in a way that is, it, it's sort of like you'd play it once and then that would be it. You wouldn't, you probably wouldn't play it again. Uh, That's a good, that, yeah. Like they resold Resident Evil 4 how many times, including a now X amount of times with the Switch version coming out in 2019. Wait, there's a Switch version? There's a Switch version coming next year. Yeah, they announced that. Oh my God, I will buy it again. I'm like, oh, they've so that might be the game I bought the most times on in many systems. And honestly, the Wii version, uh, in my mind, is is the best. Like the Wii controls for that game were really really fun. And mm -hmm. if they if they can replicate that somehow with the Switch controllers because they have the motion control and all that, but have the HD graphics, I would be you. I would I would pick that up. Wow. Um, yeah. No. I. Uh... I don't think it. I don't think Resident Evil. Yeah, Resident Evil Seven leans more into the into this into the scary. I, I think as opposed to the the outright action. There is action, and it feels balanced in a way where I'd say it's more three quarters scary and one quarter combat action. The but the puzzles are still there, which to me was the big thing. Like you're you're finding specific keys. So you're going into an area and you're you're unable to open a door. And it says, "Oh, you need the scorpion key." So you come back to that that door later on, sort of like a Metroidvania style thing where you're getting a, a specific key. And that's really cool. But my my favorite part is that the, it, it doesn't feel like it's trying to jump scare you in a way. I still think you're right in that you wouldn't be able to play, you wouldn't be able to get the same enjoyment a second time through just because there are these very set up moments where once you've done them, you've kind of gotten the loop and you're able to kind of like, okay, work your way around it because you know you know the progress, right? But there's these moments where the game does some smart things like early on where you're you're sort of sneaking around. You're, you're in the house, you get captured and you're with the family and the family's like, okay, I'm going to leave you now, but like, don't you go anywhere. And obviously that's the, your cue to kind of get out of dodge. Um, so you pull yourself off the chair and you, you start sneaking around. If you don't sneak and you hear the guy, like the daddy, come back, 
he and this is in the trailers like he will he will walk through the wall to get you and when i first did it i wasn't sneaking and the daddy like came through the wall he killed me and yada 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 so the next time i'm like okay i'm gonna try sneaking and he never did it so like the it wasn't this moment where it was scripted to happen you know similar to the dog jumping through the window in resident evil one it was happening because of a system where i was not sneaking because i should have been sneaking because i was being hunted um and the game plays on those moments throughout throughout it uh, I've, i'm about five or six hours through I've, I've been really enjoying it um and yeah i i, I just I wanted to give it a shout out because I, I know it's almost two years old. This game, but it, it was highly regarded when it came out, and I, I felt bad that I that I missed it. Well, they tend to release the Resident Evils, and the, the, even Resident Evil Four was like this. And uh, I know the remake of Resident Evil Two coming out next year, same deal. They release them in January, which is an odd time, but but definitely when it comes to stuff like Game of the Year discussions at the end of a year, January is a long time away, right? And people tend to forget um and i think in the case of resident evil 7 i remember listening to shows when they would have these sort of game of the year discussions and people would say oh yeah and and resident evil 7 as well so it's stuck it's stuck with folks honestly i i don't mind a good spooky game and i have thought about it but i always kind of i always kind of forget about it Although I'm very much looking forward to that Resident Evil 2 remake. Resident Evil 2, after 4, was my favorite of the Resident Evils. And to play it with what looks like mechanics from Resident Evil 4, I mean, probably amazing. Yeah, Resident Evil 2 remake looks really good. And I will definitely not be waiting two years to check that out. Uh, Another game I will not be waiting to check out much longer, I should add, is Red Dead Redemption 2, which you've been playing... And I, I, I do want to, before you, you go into it, I want to I preface this conversation with the fact that if you want to hear a great story about how Crofton got his PS4 Pro, you need to go check out the latest episode of Dungeons and Diapers at tgistudios.com slash dad, and you will hear an epic tale of, uh, of one father trying to get a PS4 Pro and how much of an effort that took. Because... It's a great long story. What I want to do, though, is cut through that and, and get to the gameplay. But I do want people to go check out that episode of, of uh, Dungeons, and Drag- or Dungeons and Diapers. I did it again because it's a great setup and just uh, it's also a great, a great uh, uh, cautionary tale as well. Yeah, and it was all that story was all about getting originally it was about getting Red Dead Redemption 2 and it escalated. Uh, but uh, but now I have had some time with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Ryan, I guess what I'd like to do in, in terms of it's it's sort of the game of the moment. Do you have any questions that you would like answered about like the early game in Red Dead Redemption 2 or anything that you're curious about oh, off the top of your head? Thank you. Yes, uh, I do. One thing I want to know is like how often are you just having the game interrupt what you feel is is your progress that you're trying to make like and maybe if that if that doesn't make sense it's kind of like the way i picture me playing this game is i yes i want to experience it but eventually i do want to progress the story like how often have you been finding that the game just tries to jump in front of you of doing that and like slow you down from progressing the story not like slow you down just like um distract you i guess would be a better word 
Well, the game's divided up into chapters, mm-hmm. uh, and I finished the first chapter, which, while it's not called a prologue, might as well have been a prologue. And that that chapter is almost entirely story driven. Like I'm not sure that you can do very much aside from story missions. So. I, so I'm at the first point where they've kind of opened it up and allowed you to do to do things uh, a little more at your own pace. Now, that said, like if you've ever played a Rockstar game before, you know how this works. Like they have the quest givers on the map with the first letter of their name, you know, in a circle uh, and you, you go there and you will trigger a story quest. And in many cases you, you have maybe three of those active at once and you can kind of do them in any order, whatever their main story quests to progress, to progress the story. Meanwhile, um, there's a bunch of side content and a lot of those early story quests introduce that side content, be it, hunting or fishing or all of that stuff like you you'll probably get a story mission that leads you to understand the mechanics and all that and so it's not it's and and then you'll get a taste for these things and you'll decide oh you know do i want to go down this path longer and and do a little bit more of this or do i not and i'll I'll give you a, a concrete example there is this mission early on after you've done sort of the first hunting mission where you're going to do a mission of you're going to learn about legendary animals. And I think there were legendary animals in the first red dead redemption. There definitely were legendary horses in the undead nightmare expansion, but the, so they're legendary animals you can hunt. And uh, so you go on this hunting expedition with one of the older camp members and you learn all about how to track the legendary animals and all this, all the mechanics of which then you encounter the legendary animal which is a bear, you save the old man's life. But instead of then killing the bear, the game sort of concludes the mission with the old man saying, you know what? I'm too old for this shit. I'm going back to camp. You can either come back to camp with me or you can continue to hunt this legendary animal. So you don't even actually complete the hunt in the story mission. Like the story mission's now over. You could go back to camp and do another story mission. I chose to continue. I'm like, well, I'm going to go hunt this bastard now, you know, Um, uh, but you don't, you don't have to. So it constantly presents you with options. I haven't felt yet that it's gotten too much in my way. Although there is a ton of detail stuff like that can, that can slow you down. You know, if you get mud on your horse, your horse gets tired easier. So you got to clean your horse. And if your guy doesn't, you know, eat, regularly sleep regularly have a bath maybe now and again um you know there's a lot of things that could potentially slow you down if you just jump from story mission to story mission yeah okay so i can i can kind of focus in on the story missions then so far it feels it it feels like that for now like there's no level block you know what i mean like where they say uh, it's not like an RPG where suddenly you're going to be fighting guys of a higher level. Um, you definitely uh, can do what you want, but there's also this feeling of uh, a small feeling of obligation because you're part of a, a gang, which is, which has a camp and that camp has like, it has a budget, like it has money that you can do. You can donate money to the camp. You can donate meat to the camp. You can do all this stuff. So when you kill an animal hunting, Yes, you can like go and sell its pelt for money and like take its meat and eat it and all that. You can do all this sort of stuff, but you could also donate it to the camp. So 
you have this sort of feeling a little bit of, well, okay, I've, I've got to like, it's community, but I don't even know what the effects are. If the, if the camp starts becoming destitute and all that, I don't, I don't know what, what will happen at this point. Like I would imagine people would be crankier or, or, or whatever, but like, it, it doesn't seem to affect um, the overall plot, but I think the general consensus on this game, and I will echo that consensus is it, it, it definitely encourages you to take in the sights and take your time. Okay. Well, that's really cool. I I, I mean, I, I still... I, I honestly don't believe that I'll be able to finish Red Dead Redemption 2, but I do feel like I'll be able to enjoy it uh, because I, I dig what I'm seeing. I'm So I'm seeing a lot... And I don't know if I told this story on the show, but uh, Amazon basically failed to deliver all of their copies of Red Dead Redemption 2. I think I did talk about this last week. And they eventually did ship me a game. It was the Xbox version. Uh, so, and and I do have an Xbox One. I, I love playing on my Xbox. The biggest issue is that I know a lot of folks, including yourself, have picked this up on PS4. And and I would like to try the online it's PS4 mode. Pro, actually, Ryan, but cool. I, I Yes, true. I remember. Uh, I, I remember now. Thank you. Um, and... Yeah, I want to play online with those folks. The majority of them have bought it on PS4, so I have this Xbox One version sitting upstairs. So I have to, I have to figure out a way to. I have to go take it in and exchange it, or or get a new copy. Um, but that being said, what I've seen online, and I showed a couple of these clips to Ashley actually because I I I found them so funny. So one, this is going to be kind of morbid, but it's just these guys the guy running around on his horse and he, he the horse like makes a jump and doesn't quite make the leap across like a crevice and just slams into the side of the crevice now spoiler alert the horse was fine the guy was fine but it just it was pretty hilarious has something like that happened to you yet like where you're just uh, running around and you just you totally biff it not not yet well i i say that not yet but but sort of at the same time and what i mean by that is the game and people have been maybe a little hard on it for this if you run into people like say you walk into them be it with your horse or without your horse they will get angry at you Mm. Uh, and you you have to kind of diffuse the situation and i'm used to playing open world games where i'm constantly rubbing rubbing against other characters or 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 walking through crowds uh easy buddy uh and uh (laughs) and at the same time in this game it's like you get punished for that and in a way that probably you would in the real world too like if i if i sort of shoulder my shoulder nailed somebody else's shoulder they would probably be like hey what's going on and that's uh, or you hit someone with your car bike yes exactly (laughs) they would be like hey dude, you want to fight. And, uh, and what happens is you, you get a bounty on your head. Things get, things can escalate pretty quickly. So, um, so I've been taking it nice and easy, but I've, I have had a few incidents. This mostly mounted on my horse where I'll be like, you know, going a little too fast and then I'll, I'll, I'll nail someone and then they'll, they'll get upset. And the next thing you know, everybody's yelling at me, uh, feels, feels a little too much like real life, but I will, I will say that the game is so well made in terms of animations and all that, that when something weird happens, like what you're describing, you notice it, like you, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like it's not, there are no bugs. There's no clipping clothes, clipping through things. Like soon as something like that happens, you're, you're hard on it like it, it's immersion breaking a lot more than another game because you don't expect that level of jankiness mm-hmm. not that there is again not that there is much jankiness and um 
just to, to to make a little point, a little bit about this game that uh, Kotaku made in their review, which I encourage people to read because it's really long and it's actually very interesting. Talks about a lot of what they tried to do here. And they coined the term detail porn in this game, uh, for this game. And I totally get where they're coming from. Like uh, a lot of attention was given to Spider-Man recently for having two complete different voice tracks for when Spider-Man's out of breath and when he's not. Uh, so that if he was swinging around and the police officer calls him on his headset, he would be like, he'd be heaving a little bit. Or if he's just standing on top of a building, he wouldn't be and they'd play a different voice track. And that was considered, you know, very detailed, like a, a detail oriented. Well, Red Dead is entirely that all of the time to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. So you're always noticing little details. And um, that is amazing. Uh, and I really appreciate that. But I could see how it would get on the nerves of somebody who is used to the rules of a game being established. So if you go in in Spider-Man, again, which is a game I've recently played, you're I got to know like Spider-Man's animations. I got to know everything. I knew the limits of, of the world. Like I could, I could push it and feel where the walls were. Like I knew when I did a fighting animation, what, what I could do, what I couldn't do, what was blockable, what wasn't blockable. You get to know the rules. It takes away a little bit of the magic from the world because it no longer feels like everything is possible. But, but that happens in every game, like where you hit the, the rule barrier and you're like, okay, I know how this game works now. I can get really good at it. But now I also know what is no longer possible. That fence that's as high as my knee that Link can't hop over for some damn reason. I now know I can't hop over anything as high as his knee. And I, I just deal with that, right? Like that's a game rule that you internalize. Well, the thing that's crazy about Red Dead 2 is I'm in chapter two and I'm walking around town and it feels like literally anything could happen. Like I, there is no limit to what I could expect happen. Like I was, I was walking through this town. The guy shoots out the saloon window in front of me he just got in a bar fight. I had been in a bar fight and gone through a saloon window like not that long before. I didn't know these guys could do it. And then then I decide, oh, whatever, that guy got thrown out the window. He's unconscious. I'm going to loot him. So then I loot him. And then this 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 lady across the street is like, hey, thief. And then next thing you know, like the cops are running after me. I got a bounty on my head. I run out of town and hide behind a barn. Then I slink back to the post office to pay off my bounty. Um, anyway, there's there's just a lot of craziness, and I still haven't got a sense of what the rules of the world are. Uh, and I think that there's so many of them that that I will constantly be being surprised. And some people will hate that. They'll be like, "Oh, I just want to know what are my limits or what what." Uh, but for me, it makes it feel more real. Like the real world doesn't really have the limits that a video game world has. You know? No. Oh, that's a good point. And and I think that I think a lot of people are enjoying the sort of playground, so to speak, that Red Dead Redemption 2 is offering in in the in the Wild Wild West, you know. Um and yeah, I I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm looking forward to jumping in and experiencing it. I Yeah, I just I it sucks. I can't. I I'm hoping that when I get back from my weekend travels that I will have sorted everything out and I'll be able to play. But again, like this weekend's going to be busy uh, Sunday night. You know, we've got a big episode of the walking dead. So probably hopefully going to be playing before next week's episode and I'll be able to, 
to talk about it, it myself. But it's a long game too. You know, you can't be like with Spider Man. I was like, oh, day one, I wanted to be part of the conversation. Sure. I preloaded it. I was ready to go. Here, I really feel like the whole game encourages encourages you to space things out. Mm-hmm. I'm not racing to keep up with like internet conversations. I think people are going to be playing this game right through Christmas. Uh, I think you can um, you can not you know take your time and not worry about it too much. And the one the, the last thing I'll say of early impressions of Red Dead Redemption 2 is that the beginning kind of blows. And oh. uh, <laughs> uh, what I mean by that is the prologue chapter. It's set entirely in a winter environment in which there's a snowstorm. Now, I live in Canada, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I don't want winter environments with snowstorms in my video games if I can avoid them. But this was this it does a disservice to the graphics it does a disservice to like i get why they're doing it like they're setting it's all about it's all in service of narrative um but when when you get through that chapter and you you go to the first sort of camp where i'm at now outside of a a traditional western town called valentine that's when things like you've got to give it to that then and there's probably a good 10 story missions that you have to to go through um, where it's white on white um, and it's it's kind of uh, there's not much happening long horse rides with conversations about characters um, and and so it's not for the, the twitch call of duty guy uh, who's who's like oh man I've seen all these marketing campaigns for this western game I can't wait to do my GTA out west it's not like that in a many ways like western movies aren't for everyone and here they've made the biggest video game of all time and it's a western so a lot of people are going to be playing it who won't care for this style of game and uh i would say like everybody should give it a chance up until chapter one and and play through uh some of the area i'm in now valentine where it opens up and you can do kind of more more of your own stuff but Mm -hmm. don't like it might not be for you is what i'm saying i guess i'm I'm not saying you personally but to the listeners as well it might not be for them um it's it's a special type of game and it just happens to be my jam I think that's important to know. And you said the prologue takes about what, maybe two hours to get through? Probably, yeah, two hours. Okay. That's fair. All right. Well, good to know. I, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. And you're right. Like it's a good it's a good sentiment to throw out there. And the, the game isn't for everybody. Uh, you could say that about any experience. But when a game is this highly marketed and this highly regarded, it can be tough to look at something like this and say like, I don't think this is for me. So. I'm not necessarily yeah. saying that about myself, but I'm sure there are people out there that it's fine to pass on Red Dead Redemption 2 if it's not your thing. Totally cool. But but it's it's because it's a Western, uh, and it it definitely hits those Western tropes well. And I will I will say like it is even more of a Western in many ways than the original Red Dead Redemption. Um, the example I give very often is in in uh, red dead redemption one you could jump on the like if you were running up behind your horse you could sort of like you know hop on the back of your horse on top of it like kind of arcadey yeah cool style in this game like so far i haven't been able to do that maybe you unlock that at a certain point it feels like it's like you slowly mount up on your saddle and you can customize your saddle and you're going nice and slow and and um and so there is there it's even slower than the original red dead redemption so if you thought that game was too slow well i got bad news for you it's not going to be any faster yeah all right well it's a slow very 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 realistic game so uh expect 
that noise coming at you when you boot it up. Now, um, as is tradition, I can say that now because this is the third or fourth time that you've you've brought some VR stuff to us. VR Corner, what do you got for us this time, Crofton? Oh, I'll just talk about this quickly, uh, Ryan, because I bought I, – I know I mentioned, I think, on the show previously that I bought this game Beat Saber. Um and uh, Beat Saber is pretty—it's pretty popular for a VR game. It's kind of cutting, cutting through the noise, pun intended, um, because it's—you uh, got a lightsaber in each hand. Notes are coming at you, a la Rock Band. You got to slice the notes uh, in the angle that they tell you. There's obstacles. You got to dodge them, and that's pretty much all there is to it. You don't need to press any buttons because you just wave your swords. My wife got really into it. Uh, I've had people who don't like video games have come over and tried it and been like, this is amazing. They don't have to worry about what's behind them to the left of them, to the right of them. Beat Saber is like 25 bucks. It's great. It's super fun. It's very easy to, to patch uh, a couple of Google searches to put in songs other than the songs that it comes with, which there are a few. Um, I've just put in a bunch of, of new songs, really fun. Um, in comparison, there's this other game called Sprint Vector that came out Early this year, I want to say, I purchased. And uh, it's a game that is, I guess, Ryan, the closest comparator I could make is Mario Kart. Uh, it's um, it's like you're running mm-hmm. in first person. It's like you're sprinting, but it's like a, a cel-shaded Mario Kart aesthetic with power-ups and stuff. Like, And you can... You can upgrade this, and or you can uh, get a you know whatever a red shell equivalent is, and all of that stuff. Um, and uh, it was fun. I've be, I've been feeling bad because that game is so polished. It's gotten such good reviews. I've been playing it, but I just can't get into it. And it's very complicated controls. Like the way it works is because VR the touch controllers, you know, they're not for your legs. They they do it with arm swings, so you have to kind of like swing your arm back hold the button and then swing your arm forward and then release the button. And then you do it the opposite way with your other arm and the other touch controller. So you're like cranking your arms back and forth, sort of like you're skiing, cross country skiing or something, you know, like pole plants. And uh, you should check out some of the YouTube videos of the people playing this. It's pretty hilarious. You need a fair fair amount of space, but that's the basic. That's the basic to go forward to sprint and like depending on how hard you crank your arms. And you can't just crank them. You've got to hold the button and release at the proper point of the cycle um and then on top of that there's kind of like uh flying and jumping and climbing and power-ups and all of these things it's a cool game like i get that it's cool um and it, it's kind of it's kind of neat when you're doing the tutorials i've done them a few times because i just can't put all everything together like drift turns and all this stuff um but but uh, I've just decided, having played Beat Saber recently, which is a mm-hmm. very simple game, that sometimes simple is better. You know, less money, less production values, all of this sort of stuff. But, man, if, if you've just picked up a VR headset, I can't recommend Beat Saber uh, high enough. It's, it's really a, a not expensive purchase for something that everybody will like. And, it, and, and I've done sort of score attacks with it where I've had someone over and we've passed the headset back and forth and tried to, to beat our scores on songs. And I can't remember the last time I did score attacks with any video game. Uh, so uh, definitely high recommend uh, Beat Saber. Sprint Vector, 
a lot of great reviews, but like take a look for yourself. Watch some of these YouTube videos. It's a lot of exercise. You will sweat, but it seems very complicated. It's so I, I think I'm going to uninstall and say my sprint vector experiment was a failure. Oh, see the biggest thing for sweating in VR, the sounds great, except for the fact that you have this like sponge attached to your head. And then the next person who tries it gets to like, accept that sweaty head sponge. I know it's pretty nasty. My wife, like when we're playing Beat Saber, which you will also sweat, like my wife will be like, "This is nasty," and I said, "Yeah, I understand." <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what you've come to. That hey, it's it comes with the territory, I guess. I don't know, but uh, I want to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/TheGamersIn. Uh, if you would like to become a patron, head over there, and you can do that just like Simon has. Simon has uh, has donated. Uh, to the Patreon, and he has an ad here. Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. Join your two knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. Find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. Uh, I should also mention we have a lovely Discord. You can go to bit.ly slash TGI Discord and jump in on the conversation there to talk about uh, all the great things that we discuss, including Red Dead Redemption 2, so look forward to that. But what we're going to discuss now is we're going to go back to BlizzCon, we're going to talk about predictions. These are going to be quick fire because, honestly, between Croft and I, I don't really know uh, if any... Uh, there's a couple that we kind of have an idea whether they're going to be solid or not. But I've got these laid out in categories, and we'll just start with World of Warcraft. Crofton, what do you think World of Warcraft... War, what do you think World of Warcraft is going to bring us at BlizzCon? Um, so I think, like, just starting overall, I'd say that I don't expect this to be an eventful BlizzCon. Right. Like, I'm, go I'm going to make a gamble prediction later. We'll see. But I expect this to be, a you know, low-key, uh, especially, especially with them coming out publicly and talking about Diablo and stuff like that. Sure. I think I think that's Diablo 4 is going to be their next big announcement. And, and I, I they weren't able to get it. They're saying they weren't able to get it for this BlizzCon. So uh, for World of Warcraft, last year, Battle of Azeroth was Battle for Azeroth was the big thing. It's being released. Uh, I think they're going to spend a lot of their time and effort this time leaning heavily into the vanilla WoW reboot. Um, uh, they may talk a little bit about some of the patch stuff for Battle for Azeroth, but I, I, I think they'll spend most of their WoW time uh, talking about uh, WoW 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. Oh uh, yeah, WoW WoW Classic um, is something that is going to be offered as a demo, and I think we'll see. We're definitely going to see it, obviously, for the first time because everybody who has a virtual ticket and who is obviously on the floor will be able to try WoW Classic. And yeah, Battle for Azeroth is still going strong, so we're definitely going to get a some patch news on that. But I don't expect it to be as big and bombastic as it was last year when they announced battle for azeroth uh and and i do tend to agree with you in that I, I i do feel and this isn't to like shortchange people who have gone to blizzcon or or have put money into the virtual ticket because really blizzcon is 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 a celebration of of being a blizzard fan and i think it's going to be less about the announcements because blizzard has started to sort of spread their announcements out over the course of the year um so BlizzCon is more about being a celebration or celebrating being a Blizzard fan and less about what's the like they, what what's new, you know. Uh, I remember almost uh, maybe a, almost a decade ago where they didn't do a BlizzCon because they straight up said like 
we just released a bunch of games and we have nothing to talk about, so we're going to skip this BlizzCon. But now BlizzCon is this thing. It's the staple because of esports, because of the community, and that's the most important part. But we're here to predict about announcements. <laughs> so... Well- yeah. The last thing I'd say about Warcraft is mm-hmm. um, I've noticed, uh, and I, I'm not saying that this will happen or whatever, but like the if um, so, Diablo has just come to the Switch. Yeah, it's got got gotten good reviews. It's been on other consoles. I don't think anybody ever thought Diablo would come to consoles. Um, I could see one Blizzard announce at this BlizzCon one of their major properties going to consoles uh and it and if i had to hedge like i don't know maybe it would be world of warcraft uh i don't know how you would get all those hotkeys and all that stuff working on a on a on a keyboard or whatever but like maybe so that would be a huge long bomb like that's a world of Warcraft. world of warcraft ps4 like maybe i don't know Uh, yeah i don't think that'll happen um I, th- I think in terms of console experiences, I think it has to be a no-brainer for Blizzard because they're not... They don't take risks in the console world. Uh, I mean, them putting Diablo on the Switch is like, this is a popular console. We've already ported it to the Xbox and PS- PS4, so we might as well uh, get it on the Switch. It's It just announced they sold 20 million units, so... Um, that's 20 million additional times people could go out and buy Diablo 4 again. Uh, but with with StarCraft, I kind of... I, I, I expect, again, just there to be kind of crickets. I don't think we're going to get a big StarCraft announcement. Um, my safe bet is that we'll get another co-op hero, which I'm fine with. I do, I do dig the co-op hero stuff. And the fact that all those co-op heroes are free up to level 5 to try... It's it's a solid uh, it's a solid mode, and I'm glad they're continuing to support it. But outside of that, I personally don't see StarCraft kind of rising higher than that. Like, and I do don't. Think? I'll be I'll be honest. I'm gonna make a prediction here that may show my may show ignorance to some folks who may be well more invested in this field of esports than I am. But I think like they've really hit it out of the park with overwatch league in terms of overwatch. And I could see, I know they have uh, uh, big leagues in, in um, uh, what is it? Uh, Korea and stuff with regards mm-hmm. to Starcraft. I could see some sort of formalized like city team league initiative. If that was going to be announced for any other blizzard franchise for me, Starcraft seems like the RTS archetype for competition so i could see if they were going to do a big starcraft announcement that it would be a, an esports initiative like starcraft league but i feel like there would have been a leak on that if that were to happen at this it's point it's a and- big initiative yeah and i think the biggest thing now you know for those yelling at their at their podcast machines um starcraft obviously has like an organized esports thing but not in the sense. I don't think in the sense of Overwatch League, where it's like countries and specific teams. Right. I think, I think there's just there are yeah cities. There are like StarCraft competitions where individuals from certain and they from from certain countries compete. I, I honestly don't know, but um, that would be interesting. I think it would be a shot in the arm that the StarCraft esports could use. I mean, StarCraft esports is still this huge thing. Uh, in in certain parts of the world but it's not it's i don't think it's really ever kind of come over here like overwatch has has certainly 
sort of lit the world on fire. But um, that's a good one. Uh, you know, we talked a bit about Diablo, and we can we can certainly manage expectations by saying, you know, seeing we talked about this uh, last week or the week before that Blizzard has come out and said like, hey, um, don't expect the world at BlizzCon from Diablo. Like, we got some stuff for you, but don't expect don't expect something huge, you know? Um, so they don't come right out, right out and say, like, obviously, confirmed Diablo 4 not coming to the show. Uh, but they have said, like, we're going to get something from Diablo. The Switch version's already out. It literally releases tomorrow. Um, so I don't think Diablo is their announcement. Uh, but, what, like, do we think it's an expansion, a character for Diablo 3 if it's not Diablo 4? Like, wh- what are you thinking? I think Diablo 4 confirmed, baby. Woo! Oh, my God. You're one of those folks that just, like, put blinders on when that post came up and was like, nah, they're, no. they're lying. I think I think they're, they're hedging expectations because they're not as far as along as they wanted to be. Sure. Uh, so they're coming, they're coming to the show uh, with a CG trailer and nothing else and no release date. So they're they're going to come up there. It'll be one of the first things you see in the show, and maybe it'll be uh, an epic CG trailer. But then all the entire Diablo section will be like Diablo 3 content and all this. Uh, there won't be any more news, so they don't want people to get overly excited because they'll, you know, then they'll they'll be pleasantly surprised to know. Diablo, and we all know Diablo Four is coming, so it's not like it's not like wow, we're working on Diablo Four. Surprise, surprise! I just think that they're managing uh, expectations because you're right, Ryan. The alternative is they have to have something for Diablo, and um, you know they could just announce another season or what have you. But really. They've just re- they've just released it on the Switch. It doesn't really make sense to add new content that probably wouldn't be available on the Switch or be difficult to get. Um, why not just do another game? And so I feel like that's what they're going to come out with. Uh, we'll we'll see. It's it's a long bomb. We all know Diablo Four is coming. If they don't announce it at this BlizzCon, when are they going to announce it? Uh, you Next say BlizzCon. they trickle. Yeah, like, are they going to wait a year and then announce it and then say it's coming out this fall? I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't think it's a 2019 project. I think you're right. It's probably, like, a maybe a early 2020. Um, but you're right. Like, maybe maybe waiting a whole year to announce it isn't going to work. But but giving us a CG trailer with no gameplay, no, no demo on the floor, maybe they discuss it a bit. Because the next panel is, like, what's next Diablo? And it's on the mythic stage and people think like, oh, like that is a clear sign that this is something big. And and I think them saying don't expect something big, maybe they're maybe they're 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 trying to manage expectations in a way that they think like maybe they think it's a, it's like coming in March. So we got to get out there and tell them like, whoa. And, and the way they worded it was uh, great things come to those who wait and evil t- evil things take longer than they had a really punny way of doing it, but basically they were saying that Diablo four is going to take longer than, than, than we can, you know, uh, show it, you know, so them announcing it and focusing on it, but managing expectations in the sense that this is a game that's a few years out, but Blizzard has also stepped away from doing that in, in that they, they don't announce something without a release date these days. They, they, they kind of give a window um, or at least when they announce it, you know it's coming out in the next year. That's sort of been their jam, 
but they also haven't really had large games outside of the Warcraft expansions that that you're waiting for release dates. Like Overwatch is the last one before of significance as a big product, but even then it's it's still a it's still a service type game, right? Where they're constantly adding to it. So I I think you I, I I think it's a good it's a good suggestion that we might get a CG trailer, but I I don't want people to suddenly be like, yeah, I'm gonna get my hopes up again. You know, because I, I think this is an easy place for disappointment if you're expecting the world, you know? Diablo 4 at the show, baby, confirmed. Gamers in 2018. <laughs> oh, man. There is going to be a sad croft in, in about 24 hours. Uh, Hearthstone. We're not big Hearthstone folks. Jocelyn uh, certainly is. Uh, she's not here right now. But um, new expansion, that's probably going to happen. No tournament mode, that's not going to happen. Um it, it, like just new new expansion i think that's it's such an easy prediction yeah new um, cards new expansion uh blah 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 yeah I, I it sucks to be hearthstone's a great product it's rolling it's it's doing great stuff i have a friend that only plays hearthstone um yeah. and and so i it's not to downplay hearthstone it's just like it's a card game so the people who are into it are going to be really into it but i just think it'll be new cards and and yeah. and to do uh you know, a new season of something. They'll, they'll I think unroll. they'll do a new, you know, campaign type, like a new single player type of, of modes. I know they did they did the dungeon run and that was unveiled last BlizzCon and then they switched over to puzzle mode, which I still have not tried. Um, so maybe they will, they'll do something new there again. But I, I think what do Hearthstone fans want? They want more cards. They also want tournament mode, but they're not getting tournament mode. So it'll be new cards. Uh, I know I'm just twisting the knife for people who are fans of Hearthstone by continuing you to know, say no tournament you, mode. But you mentioned that dungeon thing last year. That yeah. was probably my biggest positive out of like I actually played a lot of that. So, so, uh, so you know we're we're, we're poo pooing Hearthstone a little bit here, but it could be that they come out with something and I'm like, oh, I'll try that. I if they can do something with their single player content similar to Dungeon Run, I, I'm all over it. And I and you're right, I did love Dungeon Run um here's the storm is another one of those known quantities where you're like yep new heroes one or two and maybe a new map although they haven't really been one to release maps at blizzcon it's usually like two heroes um and then they do a deep dive on what they're working on and stuff uh for for the future in terms of like small not small changes but just gameplay changes not like patch notes but here's the stuff we're working on to kind of like improve quality of life uh but in terms of the main stage i think you'll you'll see your heroes kind of pop up there the one unique thing that i think is worth mentioning is that i've been listening to a lot of core and they've been talking a lot about the possibility of there being a unique hero to heroes of the storm in that it is a hero created within the lore that surrounding the nexus that will get a nexus hero and personally i think that's that's kind of what you got to do when you've got all your all your dudes you got all your your blizzard properties in there you got all your big blizzard characters you and you want to add more characters you kind of have to create your own right well it's funny because i didn't know about this uh and i was talking to bo about it because what he did was he gave me the stage map like he was just showing me where everybody was going to be seating and sit uh seated and stuff 
and um and how huge the conference center is which is amazing and it's got all these these different areas and how you can just remain in one area if you will and there's a big heroes of the storm area and i sort of said to him you know you know what's kind of weird about the heroes of the storm area is it's really like the heroes doesn't have its own like creative identity very much compared to the other ones like it's it, it serves to exist in the same way that smash brothers does as yeah. like a is a is a hodgepodge of all these creations and bo bo then of course took the opportunity to tell me oh well you know they're talking <laughs> this year about there might be a unique heroes character and honestly i think that that would be a good call for many reasons and not just because they're running out of their major brands but but in terms of like blizzard is all about these people cosplaying at blizzcon and and getting into these properties and heroes is like i don't want to say it's the the redheaded stepchild of the blizzard universe but i i think it is probably one of the lesser played games and i think part of that is because it doesn't have that sort of identity that draws in these folks and so maybe a new unique hero would be the solution to that so i will i will support your prediction and say it'll probably be some sort of unique heroes of the storm hero or two i don't know yeah i i think that uh, you know another argument people made is like well blizzcons is a celebration of being a blizzard fan so kind of introducing a new hero might not necessarily be seen as as something as great as introducing like a, a blizzard favorite but at the end of the day i think giving heroes of the storm its own voice similar similar to what they tried to do with hearthstone but then failed miserably like when they did that cg uh cinematic which was basically just a you know how a lot of like free-to-play games have have ads that are all cg but have really no representation of the game that's what they gave us last year at blizzcon for hearthstone and then they did nothing with those characters uh, or at least next to nothing I don't want them to do that with Heroes of the Storm. I, I want them to present that CG trailer, but then bring those heroes into the game. You know, like give us give us more on the Raven Lord. Give us more on you know the Temple of Doom guy, or uh, Towers of Doom guy, <laughs> Temple of Doom. You know, Harrison Ford. Um, I want to see them do more with the Nexus. I think there's there's more there that can be explored, and I don't think Heroes of the Storm needs to be just the Smash Brothers uh equivalent and you know even with nintendo they're running into the same issue we're not going to talk about it tonight but they had a smash brothers direct where they've got like 70 plus fighters in that game and they announced that there was going to be a bunch of dlc for it and they said like hey since all the characters we had from previous games are in this the dlc is going to be all new fighters you know from scratch and the that's the first one's like the first one's like piranha plant from mario who gives a crap about that, the piranha plant? well i mean that's an example of a, of a unique interesting take on a character also that fighter will be free if you if you pre-purchase the game if you purchase the game before january uh 6th or something it's did not actually that, part of the fighters pass did you watch that campaign trailer with the the light world of light trailer i did and i love people just uh comparing it to uh, thanos and the snake oh yeah, yeah it was yeah. really great and i love that kirby survives because yeah. sakurai the, the the game director for the smash brothers series is also heavily involved if not the creator of Kirby. I think he's the creator of Kirby. Yeah, yeah. so kind of, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. And the guy who would survive, Kirby, the most unassuming, like, hero of the universe, that makes sense to me. 
You know? And like the origin in the original Smash, and even in Melee, like when I I played it a little bit, Kirby was my was my go to. He was my guy. So I was like, oh yeah, Kirby, you're the man. Uh, I was excited. I I gave a, a little arm pump for Kirby survival. I thought it was it was well deserved. That little pink puff, you know he uh, he doesn't get he doesn't get the credit he deserves. But uh, yeah, but you I, know what does what? Overwatch. Oh yeah okay overwatch um new new hero new cinematic uh yes i i don't here's my thing with overwatch i appreciate that that people love this game for me i've kind of fallen off of it uh pretty hard after the first year i love the story i love what they're setting up but again i feel like they just they don't give it enough uh attention you know in game so i want to I just, they need to do something. They need to do something different, especially if they're going to try to, you know, make this Overwatch League like a huge thing. Um, and maybe it, for all intents and purposes, it already is a huge thing, but I kind of just want to see more with Overwatch. Like, give me, don't give me Lego sets. Give me something in game, you know, like throw, throw, throw me a ball here, guys. See, I, I sort of lean the other way in the sense that I think I've actually just uh, been back into Overwatch lately, mm. uh, just before Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. The Halloween, I did the Halloween event, which was Junkenstein again, but they had changed it. Um, oh, yeah, just I, enough, I think, eh? I think that, uh, I think that they, it would be cool if they had another new sort of like campaign mode as they have had in the past, um, I, and I could see very much see that. I don't think it'll be anything huge. Uh, I agree with you that likely new hero, new, new cinematic is is the way to go. But I think they will lean heavy into Overwatch League, and this is the deal now. They've got two two versions of Overwatch. They've got the Overwatch uh, for the gamers that that want you know like you that want content and that want more maybe more story or more of this and more of that, and then. They want they want that supreme balance, if you will, um, for Overwatch League, uh, to which is now like a sport with with like probably millions of dollars involved. So I feel like I looked at that floor map Bo gave me, and they had this big Overwatch arena in there. And I just feel like that at BlizzCon they will lean heavy into Overwatch League and Overwatch League announceables and that, and that will allow them to maybe not have much more than a new hero or new cinematic uh, uh, to be revealed. Honestly, like I feel like Blizzard is due with the, if they missed Diablo four on this show last year, wasn't much either. And then it, it's this year that they'll have gone, a, they'll have had a couple of thin years in terms of like not having a major announceable. Yeah. Um, well, I think that like comes with, you know, yeah. having a bunch of games that are essentially games as service, right? Like you, right. The, the point of a game of, as a service is incremental updates over the course of the year. And when you, when half your portfolio is that, you know, with Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm and Overwatch it, and, and for all, for other people are saying Diablo 4 could be another game as a service. You could argue World of Warcraft is a longer form game, games as a service with larger updates and then smaller updates and a subscription. Yeah, for sure. I think that 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 then informs the fact that you're going to have these BlizzCons that that will always be light, but due to esports and Overwatch League, you can kind of you you can kind of have big BlizzCon years every year. But the issue being is, uh, you know, Hearthstone doesn't do their championships at BlizzCon anymore. Um, here's the Storm does, Overwatch still does, but 
the cool thing about Overwatch League that I will say, and I and I feel like I've been kind of negative on on Blizzard. I I love Blizzard. I just I feel like they're not making games for me anymore. Is uh, but with Overwatch League, they've they have listened. They finally made an addition for me, in that there is now a Canadian team for season two, and that's uh, the Toronto Defiant. And uh, I'm kind of excited about that, only because now I can cheer for a team that is within driving distance. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I hear that, and uh, and no, I'm I'm the same I'm the same with you, and it, it's odd that in a way, you know, Jocelyn's out here. We're making the predictions. I I don't have Bo and I get in on this quite a lot because he's obviously a huge huge Blizzard fan, and I would say that I am not really one. Um, going back to like uh, their old portfolio, which is when I was sort of more invested in Blizzard, I do wonder if like I I did see some people predicting like a diablo 2 remaster mm. or a uh, or even another edition of the warcraft rts be revealed mm. um like so the i don't know about any of that and i'm not well enough versed to make any of those bold predictions but do you have any other off-topic predictions that's not one of those major games uh yeah i i think that i i think this could be the year we finally get a taste of uh what their mobile team teams have been working on um they've they've been hiring in past years for working on a mobile strategy game of some kind and maybe we get like a starcraft or maybe that's part of the diablo announcement is there's a mobile uh, game or offering um i just think blizzard blizzard goes where the money is and there's still big money in mobile gaming uh ios android stuff like that so i i, I would like to see their take on that um, because I, I think the mobile, the mobile market deserves more, more companies like this. You see the way that, you know, Bethesda is treating the mobile market with Fallout Shelter and the soon to be released Blades. Um, I want to see Blizzard take a crack at that and give us like, you know, and, and even Nintendo, you know, we, you know, t- Nintendo's had some duds on mobile, but they've also had some some really great titles and i would love to see blizzard take a take a crack at that so i'm this is part prediction and part me just like hoping and this is like Bo with with diablo 4 like he predicts diablo 4 every year i predict some sort of mobile offering so i gotta put that on the table again just you know because a broken clock is right twice a day well i will also make a nonsensical prediction mm. um and uh i think that um you know, and I don't know everybody's names, but like the the head of Blizzard uh, founder has retired, is or stepping down. New new founder, a uh, new uh, head of work, World of Warcraft becoming head of Blizzard. Maybe you can fill in the names, but uh, uh, bottom line is is um, I, I feel that already people have talked about this, like uh, the Battle.net launcher um, has destiny twos on there and 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 will there be trickling from the activision corporate overlord i know i asked bo this the other day i think it was on this show actually and um he was like oh no no you know it's it's not that's not going to happen i'm just going to predict that there is going to be one not major non-blizzard title that is going to be acknowledged in some way at blizzcon i don't know how that's going to be i don't know if they're going to say it's going this game is going to be on the launcher or this whatever maybe it's the new call of duty uh another major activision property it's going mm. to they're going to they're going to announce that it's going to be welded welded into the blizzard universe and people are going to lose their shit i think i think last year they did 
they did make reference to Destiny players because the Destiny 2 game had just launched on PC the week before last year's BlizzCon. So it's not a, it's not a it's not a crazy prediction. I think that could happen. Uh cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excluding Destiny though because it's already on the launcher. There may be something there for Destiny. This would be something else. Like it'll be it'll be like that plus one so maybe it's for me uh, the the thing that makes the most sense is call of duty and i yeah. could see like oh yeah under the destiny thing on the launcher we're now putting call of well, duty call of duty is already on the on the battle.net launcher is it really yeah call of duty black I ops did, 4 oh, oh no way i didn't know that see look like this is how <laughs> dumb i am that but that or super smart depending on how you look at it you predicted the, it in the future after it happens yeah oh yeah, I, my god i think that still okay. counts uh that does count actually you know what i just i got that prediction right it it's already happened so it's good you were there instead of getting an angry letter <laughs> no one would write an angry letter oh my god it is look call of duty black ops 4 <laughs> all right oh my folks. god well crofton if you want to write crofton and let him know that uh that, i'm so smart that he's or so stupid. smart or whatever uh, where would they find you on the internet, Crofton? Uh, they can reach me on Twitter at Crofton Steers. Perfect. And any podcast you want to pimp or uh, showcase? I shouldn't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> you you can. And uh, yeah, too, I got Good, Bad, or Bullshit. That's goodbadbull.com. Uh, we just released our most recent episode on toilet paper. Uh, please... Please don't listen to that where there's people that respect your opinion sitting nearby, like at work or whatever. True. Probably, probably best with earphones. A lot of uh, details there that you may not want to be shared. Goodbadbull.com. The other one is the one I do with Ryan. It's uh, Dungeons and Diapers. That's the dad podcast. You can find that at tgistudios.com slash dad. Perfect. Thank you, Crofton. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, fine listeners. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Follow her BlizzCon adventures there. Ryan, myself, at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. The video versions of all our episodes, uh, well, usually stream Thursdays at 8.30 p.m., but we did, we did not stream tonight. Uh, but they are available after the fact on Twitch. Uh, email the show at info at gamersinpodcast.com if you want to tell us your blizzcon predictions you got about uh, less than 12 12 15 hours to get them in here so get writing thanks you thank you so much for listening and have a great blizzcon here we go